as you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Jokic dribbles behind his back. Gary Harris, he goes baseline, reverse side, layup off the window and down with that English spin move again. Rebound comes down to Jokic in the front court. Beasley's got an alley-oop. Dunk! Two hands! Jamal Murray, Parton dunked it all. Joker put it back up and in! Murray for three! Yeah! This thing is over. Welcome into the BSN Nuggets podcast. I am once again Andre Simone, your guest host for the next few days, as Harrison Wind is getting some much-deserved rest before uh, things kick off with this FIBA World Cup. And uh, before we know it, once that comes to an end, the NBA season will be right around the corner. Before we start off with a show that uh, is going to have a little FIBA World Cup talk. Maybe a lot. We'll see. I want to tell you about our presenting sponsor, Total Beverage. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton. And they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered. All right, with that, I am excited to go with a segment that Harrison's been doing as we get ready for the World Cup, and we're following closely the three teams that have Denver Nuggets on them. Team USA, we'd probably be following Team USA even if Mason Plumley wasn't on the squad. Of course, Serbia with Nikola Jokic, and Spain with Juancho Hernan Gomez. So we are going to continue that. I believe he was calling it World Cup Minute. This might be a little more than a World Cup Minute because the Team USA played Australia in a nice little tune-up game. And just like they did against Spain, what, a week ago? They, uh, they looked impressive against one of the teams with the most NBA talent on them, beating the Aussies 102-86. to This was in... Um, Melbourne, I believe. So, home game for for Australia, who of course had Patty Mills, Matthew Delladova, uh, Joe Ingles, of course, Aaron Baines, and Andrew Bogut, among others. Uh, but those were the NBA guys, and it was a close game through uh, the first two quarters. Getting into the half, Team USA kind of struggled a bit, started slow, and even in the early third, the game was tied. Actually, Australia took the lead uh, with like nine minutes left, and then the U.S. kind of took over. Uh, what stood out is Cal Kuzma was lights out from three, going four of five. He had a much better game than Chris Middleton, which is uh, relevant to us because I, to, to Harrison's chagrin, ranked uh, Kuzma ahead of Middleton, and Kuzma's biggest concern for Harrison and anyone is uh, that three-point shooting. He looked good at with the FIBA three. Miles Turner had a really strong game as well. Um, the young center is going to be key for Team USA as he only, in 18 minutes against two NBA centers, 
that um, Australia has posted 15 points, 14 boards, was key, uh, even made a three, which was nice to see because that's going to be crucial, and led all players with a plus-minus of plus 26. So that was impressive, going 5 of 7 from the field. Turner was key. Kimball Walker had a nice game, scoring 23 points on 9 of 22 shooting. I felt like he was part of the problem early on. Uh, he did draw five fouls, but it just seemed like he was forcing things a bit. Uh, seemed like it was the the Charlotte version of Kimba Walker we were seeing, not the Team USA version where he needs to be mixing it up. Uh, he was crucial, though, in getting Team USA back on top. Uh, Donovan Mitchell played a big role, as did uh, Turner, as we just mentioned. And it was interesting to see the U.S. and Greg Popovich going with some small ball lineups and stretches uh, in the third quarter and in closing time in the fourth quarter and kind of the most impressive stretches for Team USA going with Kimba Walker, Jalen Brown, Harrison Bards, um, Kuzma, and Jason Tatum all on the court at the same time. That seemed to give Australia some problems. And that's going to be an interesting lineup that the U.S. can throw out there when they're against some of the better centers in this tournament. And as we've mentioned, it's a tournament that's stacked with big men, you know, between Jokic and, uh, you know, France with Rudy Gobert, of course. You've got Lithuania with both Sabonis and Balanchunas. Uh, it's it's a team with a lot of good big men. V Nikola Vucevic is in the mix. Uh, so that's a lineup that could prove fruitful. And Miles Turner, you know, if he plays confidently down low on the boards, he's running up and down the floor, and that jumper will hit once in a while to keep defenders honest, he's kind of the perfect five that Team USA needs. So he had an impressive game. Uh, Plumlee, between him and Brooke Lopez, those are the two backup centers. Plumlee played more, uh, playing nine minutes having some decent stretches. He was on the court uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter in you know a lineup that Popovich threw out there to try and close things out. Uh, sadly, it didn't really work out. Uh, Plumlee was guilty on helping over and not uh, getting back quickly enough, leading to a bogut dunk right on his face, right as he got back. He got dunked right on his head. And then very next play... Uh, switched on a pick and roll, and Bogut passes it to Patty Mills. Or maybe it was a dribble handoff. But anyways, he switches on Mills, and Mills still got the layup on him. This led to um, Popovich taking Plumlee out and going with that small lineup again. So not the best game defensively. Basically, though, Popovich used them in lineups when Bogut was on the court and Baines, the starting center, came out. That's when he threw Plumlee out there. And at least he did better than Brooke Lopez, who in six minutes accounted for an atrocious negative 12. Uh, so I think I thought Lopez coming into this would have the clear advantage on Plumlee because he can stretch it, because he can play that FIBA ball and be that stretch five. Not so. And if Miles Turner can do that already, maybe Plumlee is who Popovich prefers, though. Plumlee, you know, didn't have an assist, did have one turnover, a steal, four boards, Two points off uh, a pick and roll where he just rolled to the hoop and Kemba dished it to him for an easy, you know, an easy, not easy, but a, a contested layup where the guard had switched on Plumlee and he was able to lay it in. So offensively and on the boards, he was able to do his thing. He was able to, you know, go up and down the court, um, 
just fine, keeping pace with Bogut, no problem, of course. Uh, you know, doing the dirty work, sending the picks out there, getting the rebounds, didn't force many fouls. So a clean game, though. He did have stretches where he didn't look great defensively. Earlier in the game, Bogut got another dunk on him. Uh, so, yeah, mixed bag for, for Plumlee, though I think he does seemingly have the inside track to be the backup center on this team. It's an interesting team, USA. I mean, it's the most... Re I mean, this looks like an actual team instead of an all-star team like Team USA typically does. They're going to rely on Kemba for scoring. They're going to mix up some lineups. Uh, you know, when someone like Kuzma gets hot from three, they're going to ride that. Uh, Joe, Joe Harris has been in the starting lineup, and he, after Mitchell and Turner, was third on the team with a plus 22 for the game. They need his shooting. Uh, Jalen Brown also started. So it's, you know, the big three of Kemba Turner, Donovan Mitchell, which seems crazy to say, with Jalen Brown and Joe Harris. Um, you know, with uh, Plumlee playing playing some minutes that were important. Chris Middleton didn't do much. Um, Derek White really only played two minutes. Uh, news from since Harrison and I ranked the 20 best players in the in the entire World Cup. We had both had De'Aaron Fox and spoke glowingly of him and talked about how important he's going to be. Well, since then, and I apologize if Harrison addressed this on the pod already, but I don't believe he has. Uh, Fox has gone home, so he's no longer part of that Team USA. Uh, they're really counting on Derek White, and they're really going to ride uh, Kimba and Donovan Mitchell hard. And, I mean, this might be too much of a load for those guys in in some sense. Um and, you know, the Celtics and Jazz might not be too happy about this by by the end of this tournament. That's kind of uh, the, the most of the notes that I have there from from that game. But, you know, even though it looks like a very normal Team USA uh, built like an actual team, uh, they, they're playing well. They're, they're doing their thing. Greg Popovich seems to be figuring this out. And in their friendly games, they've they've looked well. They're undefeated. They played well against Spain, played well against Australia. I know the last time uh, Team USA didn't win the gold, that was Athens back in 04. And those teams were losing friendlies. I mean, those, those teams were losing exhibition games. You could see the signs of uh, trouble brewing. You're not seeing that so much with this team. Uh, they're they're figuring things out, and they remind you that it's still the one team that has nothing but NBA players, has NBA athleticism and length across that lineup, and they're going to show it. It'll be interesting when Kimba doesn't get going or when Mitchell kind of struggles. Who's going to take over? Uh, is Could it be that Kimba's struggling and Donovan Mitchell can't really get going? What happens then? You know, Miles Turner isn't always going to have these games either. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who steps up. I think they'll be counting a lot on the, the two kids from Boston. Brown and Tatum are, are going to have some big roles. And Kuzma might be not just a keeper. I know Harrison and I were joking about he might not even make the team but will be pretty essential. And Joe Harris is going to have a big role on this team too. Um, as I, I hinted, I, I had a feeling this would go longer than the World Cup minute, but that's a nice little breakdown of Team USA and Plumlee. That game happened. You'll be hearing this Friday morning. Uh, that game happened, yeah, almost 24 hours ago, but I wanted to I wanted to dig into that and have the time to go over Plumlee's performance and 
all that's going on. I really get a feeling he's going to play in this World Cup. Um, with that, I've got a couple um, fun segments, but we're going to stay international. We're going to keep an eye out the, at the World Cup to some extent. Next segment, I want to go through the best Denver Nuggets draft picks who are non-Americans. Uh, staying in line with that, it's going to be the great Mutombo-Jokic debate. And then after that, I want to give you kind of a list of the best players come in the upcoming World Cup who aren't NBA players or who haven't played in the NBA yet. Had lots of fun brushing up on some EuroLeague tape and what have you. And those guys, that tier of players is going to be really crucial in, um, you know, who can who can win it. For, so for all those adoptive Serbian fans out there or uh, the people wondering who's who's a better bronze medalist candidate between Greece and France, I've got you covered. You'll want to hear that segment. So we will be right back in a jiffy to talk about all that. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. All right, welcome back. Second segment of the BSN Nuggets podcast. I'm your guest host, Andre Simone, here covering for Harrison Wind. And before we dig into the best international draft picks in Denver Nuggets history, we want to talk for a second about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer, established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal style, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling it a light-hearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. Get yourself one of these while it's still nice and warm here in the metro area. Look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge brewery. Make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. This Saturday, tomorrow, when you're listening to this, we are having a Broncos watch party. College football is also kicking off. Uh, We've got some people, it's too late to enroll now, but are in a fantasy football league. I encourage you to come there, start a fantasy football league with, uh, you know, Six to eight other people that you find there that missed out on the fantasy football as well. Talk some hoops, do whatever, hang out, drink some Breckenridge beer, and have some fun with the BSN family. Those watch parties are always tons of fun. All right, without further 
ado, we're going a couple caveats here. I decided to do this list as far as players from 1990 on. That's really when the whole international uh, revolution started. I didn't want to miss out on anyone that was a little before my time. So that's what the cutoff was. A few honorable mentions that didn't make the cut. Because we're going just the top five. I mean, after all, the, the, the international boom hasn't been that long. And the Nuggets, you know, they've drafted plenty of draft and stash guys recently who have never even been on the lineup, like Sergio Yule, who's been a star for Real Madrid and is going to be a very important for player for Spain in the World Cup this summer. That never made it over. And we'll see, like, uh, good old Vlatko Kantar, how he's going to be. Other honorable mentions who I can tell you right now didn't make the cut. Emmanuel Moutier. <laughs> um, Nikola Skidasvili. Of course, everyone remembers Skida and the promise that he had that never never came to fruition. And Juancho Hernan Gomez, who just hasn't had that opportunity so far. But, you know, a top 15 pick in his day and another guy that's going to be important in the upcoming World Cup for Spain. So with those guys out, the fifth spot was really tricky. It came down to um, two draft picks by the Nuggets, uh, two Europeans. One is Evan Fournier that they drafted out of France. 20th pick overall in 2012. Um, solid. Started off his career well. Got traded after two seasons. And Lennis Kleza, out of Missouri, 27th pick of the 2007 draft. I went back and forth for a little, but then it kind of slapped me in the face. Even though he was never a starter for more than a, a dozen games at a time, Kleza was part of the much better, more important teams in Nugget history especially that 08-09 team that went all the way to the Western Conference where he averaged 9.9 .9 points on a 51% effective field goal percentage. Not great. Four boards. Um, his per 36 numbers look pretty good in his final two years with the Nuggets at tw age 23 and 24. 16 points per 36 minutes, six boards. Um, so, you know, Lennis uh, was an important player on those teams. He offered some some shooting, some size, some hustle, some uh, some athleticism, the ability to run up and down the court, uh, create a shot from time to time. He fit in. He fit in with that team that had very delineated roles. You know, it wasn't the fluid kind of team that the Nuggets have now or had after the mellow trade. Everyone had very delineated roles. And as a guy off the bench, sixth or seventh guy off the bench, uh, a Kleza did his thing on some pretty important teams. We thought, you know, the the sky was the limit, honestly. We thought that him and JR could kind of be the future to prolong that window. Didn't happen. He left for Greece. And then went to Toronto and kind of disappeared in, in the NBA. Was never as good as he was in his final two years in Denver. But that said, I mean, you heard the honorable mentions. It was between him and Fournier. Kleza just had the better career. So, Lennis is the fifth best Denver Nugget international draft pick, which is kind of funny because the top three are so great. The top the top five 
to six, eh, not so much. Um, so there you go with that. Fourth on our list is another guy from that year, Nene Hilario. Uh the Brazilian power forward drafted seventh overall in the 2002 draft, which was an important draft because, yes, the Nuggets draft Skidasvili, who never works out, but they make this trade, get Nene and Marcus Camby from the Knicks, and that's what really started their rebuild while they got rid of Antonio McDice. They tank the next season, get oh so close to winning the lottery in the LeBron draft. In the end, they get the third pick. Ends up being Carmelo Anthony, obviously, and that really turned around the Nuggets for what was a very good um, aughts decade. Nene had his moments. Um, he was the second best scorer on that team for a while. The promise that Kenyon Martin, the big free agent signing, oftentimes never showed. Nene did and could be a very, very fun player. Just physical, would dunk on you in traffic, finish. And I think Nene was really um, with Kenyon Martin, with Marcus Camby, with Birdman, was a key that that rotation of bigs, the physicality, the rebounding they brought, was really key in that playoff run in 2009 where the Nuggets just barely lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. That was a real heartbreaker. Uh, So Nene gave the Nuggets seven solid seasons. Um, Got here when he was 20 years old. No, nine. Nine seasons. Um, So, you know, had a long career for the franchise. Was a strong starter. Was part of some important teams. Some of the most important teams in the last 30 years, which is the range we're talking about. One caveat is Wiskita Zvili with a guy like Chris Wilcox. Was one of four power forwards taken ahead of Amari Stoudemire in that draft. That one hurt. Uh, if you had put Amari Stoudemire on those teams, you you could have done a lot more. But of course, Amari was a divisive high school prospect out of Florida. Switched high schools a lot. Uh, so yeah, they just didn't take that risk like a lot of the other teams in the NBA. And history could be written. Who knows? But Nene comes in as the fourth best international draft pick of all time and or of the last 30 years in Nuggets history. Number three, another seventh overall pick in 2016, Jamal Murray. I believe it's safe to say is already the third best international pick of all time in Nuggets history. Uh, Jamal's numbers already pretty impressive. What he did in the playoffs last year, um, the kind of highs he can reach in in one game, those kind of special performances. And his PR, his player efficiency rating, stacks up. Um, you know, 16 the last two years. 16.0 last season, 16.1 the season before. As I've said before, interestingly enough, he's kind of become the best Canadian player in the world. When years ago we were talking about Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Bennett, those kind of guys really becoming huge uh, not so much. And in the end, it really worked out. That draft really worked out for the Nuggets where there was a lot of chat of Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, Buddy Heald gets taken right ahead of him. Chris Dunn gets taken the pick ahead of that. 
Ben Simmons is the first overall pick. No arguing that. Brandon Ingram and Jalen Brown go two and three. Meh. You'd take Jamal Murray over Brandon Ingram already today. He's probably the second best player in that draft already. Um, Damatas Sabonis was also taken after him at third, uh, at 11 overall. Yeah, Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez were taken in that draft. That draft was really kind of a a game changer for the Nuggets franchise. Um, really allowed them to turn the page. Pascal Siakam taken 27th overall in that draft is really interesting. I guess we'd count him as an international pick to some extent too. And DeJounte Murray was taken 29th overall. Anyways, Jamal Murray, obviously Canadian, went to Kentucky, so not not a conventional international prospect like a Jokic, like a Juancho, uh, like so many others on this list, the Fourniers of the world. But he cracks, he, he is an American, so he counts as international, and he cracks the top three, I think, without much discussion. In fact, to some extent, you could almost argue, and this this might sound crazy, but when you look at PR and you look at years played with the franchise already, Jamal Murray, three seasons, two with a 16-plus PR, super young, just barely 20 um, in his career, you could make an argument uh, is right up there with Dikembe Mutombo and what he did. Dikembe started off uh, later in age, 25 when he was a rookie, with a bang, though, 16 PER already. Uh, then for Dikembe as a rookie, um, had just a, a phenomenal season, actually, to open up his career in Denver. 16.6 points, 3 blocks per game, 2.2 assists, and 12.3 boards. His shooting percentages were never great, never the most efficient, necessarily. But, um, yeah, I think it, to some extent, if you look at just PER, Mutombo never above 17 when he was with the Nuggets and only played with Denver 15, uh, five seasons. We forget that. But Dikembe wasn't here the longest time. Thing is, in those five years, you know, the huge upset against the, the Sonics, George Carl's Sonics, who are the one seed, that counts for a lot. I think also three All-Star Game appearances, one Defensive Player of the Year appearance in 1995, uh, Mutombo was fourth overall pick in 1991. Yeah, that was a great pick. Shame he couldn't have stayed longer. But I think those awards kind of put uh, Mutombo over the top. The fact that he was a walking triple-double, or double-double. We're going to talk about a walking triple-double in a second. And led the league in blocks, was already a defensive player of the year candidate, uh, already making all-star games, was a center when, you know, centers still were what mattered in the NBA, had that Georgetown-type pedigree, uh, all of that, that the, the, the Kemba mystique, um, you know, made an all-star appearance his first year. Uh, pretty impressive. Had finished off his last three years in Denver. He averaged 4.1, 3.9, and 4.5 blocks per game, which is just ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah. I think there's there's an outside argument you could make for Jamal Murray already being the second-best international player. And basically, if Jamal keeps up, just has a slight uptake in performance, 
I think he could, you know, by his fifth year, we can have that conversation and say Jamal Murray is already a more has already done more for the Nuggets franchise than Dikembe Mutombo did in his first five years with the Nuggets, but we're not there yet. Also, fourth overall pick, that's an interesting one. Uh, I think the the you could argue that Jamal Murray was a better value pick in in that sense than than Dikembe. In that nineteen ninety one draft, Larry Johnson goes first overall to the Hornets. Kenny Anderson to the Nets goes second overall. Billy Owens goes third overall. You like Dikembe probably above all of those guys. Uh, notable players taken after him. Stacey Ogman to Atlanta at nine. Greg Anthony, 12th overall. Knicks. Yeah, so really nothing. Rick Fox, 24th overall. Nothing too crazy. Uh that you're saying like, oh, how could they have passed on him or Dikembe was a great pick. So in in that context too, uh, probably the, the best pick of that draft. I guess you could put him up with Larry Johnson, but I would, uh, yeah, yeah, great pick. And international, Congo. So there you go. Another guy who went the Jamal Murray route. Number one though, and there wasn't really any argument because already Jokic has played four seasons with Mutombo hasn't beat on all-star games, though let's see five years in. Where Jokic absolutely dunks on Mutombo is in PR, his efficiency, his impact on the stat line. And remember, Mutombo played as a rookie at 25. Uh, Jokic last season was 23 when he was first team All-NBA his PER seasons, Mutombo was never higher than 17.9 PER. Jokic, 21.5, 26.3, 24.4, 26.3. That, ladies and gentlemen, is ridiculous. Uh, the numbers that Jokic is putting up, the efficiency with which he plays is out of this world. The fact that the last two seasons he's been averaging, you know, a double-double with almost 20 points. He had 20 points this season. And, you know, last year, two years ago, 18.5, 10.7 rebounds, 6.1 assists. This past season, 20 points, 10.8 rebounds, 7.3 assists, 1.4 steals. His effective field goal percentages are out of this world, especially compared to Mutombo. There's really no argument. I thought there'd be more of an argument for a guy who's won major awards in Denver. You know, had they've won as the same number of playoff series, which is also interesting. And Jokic still has another year to go. So, yeah, Jokic quickly already entering the conversation as one of the greatest Nuggets and one of the greatest Nuggets draft picks of all time. It'll be fun to go over the greatest Nuggets picks of all time at some point, maybe in this week where I am guest appearing. After all, I love international basketball. I love the draft. I love stats. And that's what I'm taking this week to kind of talk about and focus on are the areas that I'm interested in and that I have a little more expertise about. So that's what we're going with. It'd be nice to see how Carmelo Anthony, David Thompson, Alex English, all those kind of classic great nuggets who aren't internationals would fit in this uh, discussion where they'd stack up with Jokic and Dikembe and what have you. 
That's going to do it for this segment. We are going to be right back to talk about the players coming up in this World Cup who are going to be absolutely huge determining factors, but you probably haven't heard of them before because they didn't play in the NBA. Some will be next season. Who knows? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Tax debt is impeding the growth of millions of small businesses in the U.S. That's why Symbio Tax and Administration's goal is to enable small businesses and individuals to make informed and calculated decisions when it comes to their taxes. Symbio Tax provides small business owners with expert services in resolving tax liabilities and providing financial clarity. I would recommend George to anybody who has to deal with the IRS. His strengths and depth of knowledge make him really valuable. You know, over the course of years as a real estate broker, I've had the opportunity to talk with many different tax people. But the one thing I have found with George is he was very easy to work with. He was very articulate. SymbioTax is experienced in preparing returns for all income levels, as well as securing penalty abatements and settlements for qualified individuals that sometimes save the taxpayer thousands. George was able to save us about $7,000, and of course, you know, being an independent real estate broker, $7,000 is a substantial amount of money, and it was really nice to get that dealt with. They offer free consultations, so be sure to check out SymbioTax.com for more information. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O. And welcome back. Third and final segment of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Hope this Friday afternoon, this Friday morning show treats you well. As we keep getting more and more excited for the FIBA World Cup 2019, boy, they those guys owe us some money because we're, we're so excited about this in a town like Denver where we appreciate and love international basketball now more than ever. You know, the the GMs we've had for the last, gosh, the last three GMs, right? Because Tim Conley, before he got promoted to GM, was also an international scout. Masai Ujiri did that role. Uh, so the international basketball runs deep in this franchise's current construction and to some extent in its history. And um, so we're just excited for this World Cup. We're excited to see what Serbia is going to do. And that's why I decided, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to look. I watch a decent amount of EuroLeague basketball. It intrigues me. It's like college basketball, only it's guys in their prime making millions of dollars. If they're not making millions, they're making hefty uh, six figures. It's the best basketball players in the world that aren't in the NBA with college-like atmospheres, only more intense because it's city pride, country pride. It's these clubs, and it's in these packed gyms with, smoke and just the intensity of it is so great and i i really we shouldn't underestimate these guys who aren't in the nba especially the top players in the euro league we always talk about how the acb in spain is the top league in the world outside of the nba yeah that's true it's the top domestic league but really the top tournament the top basketball league representation of talent outside of the nba is the EuroLeague. It's the best teams in Europe competing against each other. These teams, all the especially the Blue Bloods in the EuroLeague, the, the Real Madrids, the Barcelonas, the CSKA Moscows, um, all the teams in Turkey like Andalus Efes and Fenerbahce, uh, Panathinaikos, Olympiakos out in Greece, all those teams, the, the true Blue Bloods, 
those teams, the most of those rosters are made up of guys who have been drafted in the NBA. A lot of them have had cups of coffee, or they're Americans who were high-end players in D1, could be in the D League if they wanted to, but they'd rather make real money with real passionate fans and intensity and be stars and legends abroad. Uh, so that's what I focused on, was the best of the best in the Euro League. And there are some notable omissions, though, like the Euro League Iranian MVP, Jan Vesely. You'll all remember him, the, uh, the Czech... Uh, Blake Griffin, who's carved out a magnificent career for himself as a shot blocker and rim runner, kind of a Clint Capella. In fact, I think he could easily come to the NBA and be 85% of what Clint Capella is, if not better. But, you know, they didn't find a way to use him at Washington. He's considered a bust, and he's never going to come back because he's a star in Europe, and he's happy there. But he is not on the Czech team that's here at the FIBA World Cup, so we're not going to talk about him. Vasily Spanolis, legend. He's um, known for his step-backs, step-back buzzer-beating shots, uh, the, the crafty scoops he comes up with. Uh, some of the most historic shots in the EuroLeague Spanolis has been part of. He almost looks like the basketball version of Zinedine Zidane, a bald guy who's just this phenomenal playmaker and shooter, plays for Olympiacos, legend. He's also not in this tournament, one of the few omissions from a stacked Greek team that we're going to get into. Uh, you know, if this was the best players in the world that aren't in the NBA, we might be talking about Shane Larkin, who's having a major career renaissance. Corey Higgins, the former buff. Willie um, Clyborne, who was amazing last year in the EuroLeague Final Four. Americans who've gone abroad, carved out some great careers. In fact, I'd love to see guys like that on the national team, especially in years like this, if you're not going to give the young guys time because they can definitely hang and compete. But they're not in the World Cup either. So those are some notable omissions that you know that just didn't qualify. Um, guys who aren't omitted, though, and I'm going to rank the top five. Then I'm going to tell you the, the five who got left out. And I'm starting from the top, though. It's Nikolaitis, the point guard for Panathinaikos, former Florida uh, player, tall point guard. He's, you know, almost 6'5", another bald guy. Um, played with Florida when Billy Donovan was there. Just a pass-first point guard. Is a bit reminiscent of Jason Kidd. You know, he's got the size, he's got the passing ability, can rebound, can do those full-court passes, Jokic-style, Kidd-style that are just mesmerizing, these great scoop passes, these no-look passes, great in maneuvering and quarterbacking a pick-and-roll, leads to a ton of alley-oops. And he's added a jumper to his to his repertoire, um, been able to, you know, can shoot it from the NBA 3, more of a catch-and-shoot guy, but can create off the bounce too. But definitely not a guy that looks to score, more of a guy who looks to pass first. I think he broke a record this year, averaging 8.7 assists per game. That hadn't been done in the EuroLeague before, where minutes really get scattered. It, depth is the name of the game. Um, you know, you can, you'd rather have a rotation of like eight guys with NBA rotation type talent. Kalathis probably on this list as the guy who would fit best in the Nuggets. I think if we didn't have, if Monty Morris wasn't on the this team. 
Calathis would be a perfect backup point guard, a guy who can play an unselfish brand and quarterback. I think him and Jokic would get along really well. And he's going to be a key piece for Greece, who has a few others on this list on top of, you know, Giannis, the best player in the entire competition, and Giannis's brothers, who bring some athleticism and uh, size to the game. So Calathis is the top guy, barely edging out Nando De Colo, the French point guard, was with CSKA Moscow, won the EuroLeague, now with Fenerbahce that is absolutely stacked, one of the um, several powerhouses that are based out of Istanbul. Uh, De Colo, more of a score-first guy, a guy who's really fancy taking you off the dribble, a combo guard, but also crafty and running a pick-and-roll, can really quarterback a a unit and be a true playmaker as well. It seems like at Fenerbahce is going to be more of an off guard, which I like. Uh, maybe the best ball dominant scorer in the world. That's not in the NBA right now. Nicolo's, uh, you know, he's got the size and he's got the skill. All these guys have NBA skill. Most of them have NBA size. Uh, Decolo was flirting, trying to see if he had some NBA offers, didn't really get that. So he went to Fenerbahce in a power move. Uh, Fenerbahce has made the Final Four in the EuroLeague the last couple seasons. Uh, they didn't bring it home last year. Decolo did. They added him to their super team. And, um, yeah, he's off to the races. He's going to be as important as anyone on Team France. Uh, Greece and France have that kind of depth, and those two guys are going to be key. Next guy, number three on our list of best World Cup players not in the NBA, Vincent Poirier. I mispronounced that. French names drive me crazy, even though I was raised in Italy and am fluent in Italian. I don't know why. I can speak Spanish just fine, but uh, French really gives me trouble. Anyways, the center from Basconia playing in the ACB. Strong EuroLeague season. Uh, was named all EuroLeague team. He's a seven-foot center. Great rim runner, uh, strong um, uh, rim protector, has a bit, you know, can do a little bit of crafty drive to the hoop, a bit of a shot. He's going to take over for Aaron Baines, and he's he was signed by the Boston Celtics, so he'll be in the NBA next year as the backup center for the Celtics. Now instead of Horford and Baines, they kind of have um, Cantor and Poirier. And uh, he's intriguing. Like, this guy's nasty. He can throw down. He's uh, he's just length and muscles and just a tough son of a gun. He's going to be huge for France. It's going to be hard to find minutes for him and Gobert together. I I'm sure they'll do some limited Twin Tower lineups. But like Australia, they're, they're a team that can throw two NBA centers, NBA-level centers at you, just like Serbia, who can throw Boban and Jokic at you. Uh, so that's going to make, <laughs> that's going to be really interesting. Just another guy on this loaded crop of big men that's at the World Cup with, you know, the Vuceviches and Marcus Alls. We've talked about that already. Uh, and really the only big guy in this top five because next, number four on our list, and I think the top four is so close. You could make an argument for this guy to be. First overall, um, but Kostas Slaukas, 5'11", small point guard out of uh, another Greek guy. More of a score, just amazing quickness, quick twitch, will create space for himself, 
has a deadly jumper, uh, step back, just a fun, fun player, you know, races up, kicks his feet out, is just flashy as, as all be, no-look passes, maneuvers the pick and roll just with complete mastery. Him and Vesley were a devastating combo as teams are scared about him shooting and he's going off picks and throwing off just these beautiful dishes that Vesley's grabbing out of the sky and dunking home as the crowd goes wild. Him and Calathus are going to be huge for Greece. They're both ball dominant. I think they can play together because Calathus has that size and is so unselfish. And Slauskas has that quickness and scoring mentality. And they can also be staggered to where Greece is going to be real dangerous. Doing this exercise made me really think highly of Greece. I know we've been all over Serbia, but Greece and France split 2-2 with the top four guys not in the NBA in this tournament. And, uh, yeah, these guys are going to be key. Slauskas and Kalathis. Watch watch highlights of these guys. They're fun, especially Kostas Slauskas. Um, he's the one guy who hasn't been drafted by the NBA. The, a team, you know, hasn't had a cup of tea like Nando De Colo or anything like that. Or Kalathis, who played for the Grizz for a, a, a season or two. Um, Slauskas, you know, he doesn't have that size. And he said he's not really interested. He's built his career in Europe and that's where he's comfortable. He's he's comfortable being a top player in Europe. And the NBA, as he said, isn't really for him. So respect to him. Final guy, the fifth spot was a tough one because I really feel like that top four, especially with how they played this last season, is right up there. Um, all could be great fits in, in the NBA. One guy will be playing in the NBA next year. The other two have played. Slaukas could find a role in the NBA as a backup point guard. I mean, Ty Lawson was playing in stretches in the last two years, so uh, there's there's room for anyone, but th- that's the top tier. I think Vasily Micic, who had a great season for Andalus FS, went to the final, another team out of um, Istanbul. He was in that backcourt sharing time with Shane Larkin. It was just an uh, incredible season for both of them. He's listed as a point guard, but he's a little bigger uh, certainly bigger than Slaukas. Uh He's like Kalathis and Decolo. He's got that NBA size, though. He's a point guard. The Sixers own his rights and drafted him um, in the second round, I think, last year, but I can't remember exactly. This guy's a Serbian, though, so he's important for Team Serbia. Uh, great. You know, Slauskas has that, that quick twitch ability, ability to create off the off the bounds and as flashy as I'll get. Decolo really aggressive, will cross you over, uh, take you to the, you know, just make you look silly. Uh, Kalathis is that ultimate floor general with size. He's super well-rounded. He can be a triple-double threat, that kind of thing. Micic has the size. He can shoot it and keep you honest. He can create his own shot. His game, he can pass it too, but he's not the dynamic passer that some of the other guys at the top of this list is. But the bearded big point guard is great at running off screens, taking it to the hoop with crafty finishes. He's got the length to dunk on you, though not ex- exactly an explosive leaper. Uh, but but he's got that in him. Physical, He'll not afraid to take you to the rack, uh, can help out as a rebounder, has that IQ and passing acumen. So he's just a more well-rounded guy. Uh, he's going to be huge for... 
the Serbs, you know, who who have that NBA talent in Bogdanovic and Bjelka and uh, Jokic and Boban. He's going to be that one guy who's not that NBA player, but it's almost going to be as crucial a role as one of the top players in Europe. So that rounds out our top five. Other guys in the mix, Georgios Princes, power forward for Olympiakos, super sound, great, great rebounder, stretch four type guy, has the frame, has the size, almost reminds me of a Luis Scola somewhat. Uh, Luigi Datome, former Detroit Piston and Celtic. We've talked about him when I gave a mini scouting report of Italy when I was on with Harrison, and we were doing the top 20. Um, he's got NBA range, can rebound, bring some energy, uh, create off the off the bounce. Classic kind of combo forward, more of a power forward, more of a stretch four uh, in the in the European game, in the FIBA game. Kevin Pangos, former Gonzaga, former Gonzaga player, uh, had a great season two years ago with Zalgris out in Lithuania. He's a point guard from Canada. Uh, he's going to be huge for Team Canada. Uh, he's now with Barcelona. You know, he's he's intriguing. He can create off the bounce, a bit undersized. Um, you know, just a really fun NCAA type point guard who's matured and taken his game to the next level since he's been in Europe. Sergio Yule, Rudy Fernandez, those two Spanish players rudy of course played for the nuggets for a stretch they're still bouncing around europe they'll be they're going to be huge for team spain in that backcourt and um polis Junkunas, all-rounded forward power forward for zalgris out in lithuania the top club team out there is going to be huge for that lithuanian front court in this world cup if they're to make noise at all and that's kind of the top 10 or so for you. I just get more excited the more I talk about this stuff. Um, that's going to do it for the week for us. I uh, appreciate you guys listening in. I hope you're enjoying that. Give us some feedback in the comment section. You can find me on Twitter at Andre Simone. We're going to have some fun, do some more draft stats, World Cup talk next week until Harrison gets back. And that'll do it today. But before we leave off, we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. We will be back Monday with another episode of the BSN Nuggets podcast.